0: Thank you so much. That's me. I'm getting a little hot. I know. Listen, I'm so excited that y'all are here and about what God's doing in His grace and mercy. Thank you for that prayer. I'm really excited again what God is going to do. This is the beginning of a a new year for a lot of people and with school and everything starting back, so I can't wait to see what God is going to do. So before we get started, I think I need to make a confession. It's, it's always good as a pastor to make a confession, right? And so since y'all are the uh, priests to the believers, y'all are my priests, I'm going to make a confession. Last night, I went to Golden Corral. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for. I got one person saved in the whole congregation. Um, yeah, I went there last night, and it was an amazing event. I, I want to just confess to you that when I walked in there, uh, somebody had given us a gift card. That's how we got to go. And so my wife said, "I have a gift card to Golden Crown." Of course, you know I went from like being flatline okay in the day to really excited because you know that's there's heaven and then there's. Golden Corral, and so I I was really excited, so we got there, and and just to get involved and dive in, I I looked over at my wife, and she was kind of caught up in the moment looking at all the people and everything, and I looked at one of my sons, and he was kind of caught up in the moment and looking at everything, but me, I was just caught up in the moment of looking at at all the the, the different varieties, but then, you know, like a, a bug going to a light, like fish going to water, uh, like um, just somebody who's in awe. I walked over, and there was this middle section of the line, and it and it had bread and cookies uh, right there. And and I, and of course, you know, I'm I'm attracted to it. And I'm going right to it. And it had this little sign underneath and it said a little taste of heaven. And I thought to myself, Jesus is the bread of life. I am not going to live in sin any longer. I am going to eat bread. So for all of you who are on a low carb or no carb diet, we have an altar call at the end. You can repent and get right with Jesus and you will not miss heaven and miss the bread of life. I wanted to, I wanted to say that because I got really excited about uh, really just an opportunity to dive into gluttony. I know that's a sin and so I'm confessing that to you. But it gives me such hope when there's so many opportunities. And so we're in this series of battling unbelief. And there's so many people without hope. And I, you know, it's interesting that we have battle unbelief and then Robin Williams, you know, kills himself. We've got all these other things going on in in the country and outside the country. We've got these militant groups that, uh, allegedly are beheading children, all these things that are tragic and that are happening and yet the world is looking for someone or something to bring them together galvanize them into hope and so i was reading this passage and it it blew my mind and so i'd like for you to turn there with me or, or on your phones or bibles or whatever you got again all the notes are on uh facebook at summit church And they're also in North Charleston. There's also uh, the website, SummitCharleston.com. You can check them out there. Proverbs chapter 11. So if you take your Bibles, open up to the middle, you're almost there. Proverbs chapter 11. And I just want to look at at one verse and just see where this takes us. Proverbs 11, verse 7. And so when I read this, it just jumped out at me. And I felt like the Lord was saying, John, we got to wrap our minds around this and communicate this. Verse 7 says this. Hopes placed in mortals, don't miss this, hopes placed in mortals die with them. Think about that for a moment. Hopes placed in mortals die with them. All the promise of their power comes to nothing. And as soon as I read it, I felt like the Spirit was saying, John, this is what I want you to communicate This is the first fact I want you to say. When our hopes are not God's hopes, they are limited. In other words, they die with us because they have no eternal significance. I mean, there are so many people that I talk to that are hopeful about, I'm hopeful about this or I'm hopeful that this is going to happen and I'm hopeful this, but they die with them. In other words, if God does not plant the hope within us that's from him, it has no eternal significance and it dies out with us. And I began to really try to dive into that. And see, the only reason that hope lasts today, if it's flesh hope, if it's not from God, if it's not spiritual hope, the only reason it lasts is because someone's energy or a group of people, their energy together or money. I think about this. There was a, uh, can you put that up, Brandy Forrest? Uh, I want to look at, this is the original seal at Harvard. I want you to see this. It's Latin, but I I want you to see the middle. See, it says V-E on the shield, then it says R-I, and then at the bottom, uh, T-A-S. You see that? That's Latin, veritas. It means Truth. So Harvard was, was given birth there uh, around, I think it was in September the 8th, 18, excuse me, 1636. It's the oldest, uh, the oldest university, oldest college in America. And it was a pastor. And he, when he died, he gave half of his library or almost all of his library to Harvard to start the school, this pastor. And so it says truth. And then on the shield, I want you to see this and I want you to pick this up. On the shield, it says Christo, which means just take a guess. Christ. And then you got Ecclesiastes for the church. So you got truth Christ, the word ET there is not extraterrestrial for those in the, okay, never mind. But anyway, it's Christ at, means and in Latin, Christ and church. So you've got truth for Christ and church. But then as years passed, of course, Christ and the church are offensive. Because you see, you can't have one without the other and really be right with God because Ephesians tells us and in Colossians tells us that Christ is the head of the church. You don't decapitate, you don't decapitate the body and it live. Can I get a witness? You don't, you don't decapitate, you can't take Christ out of the church. All, if you take Christ out of the church, then all you have left is humanism. But I want you to see what happened over time. Now this is the shield for Harvard. Veritas, Which means what? Pilate asked a question to Jesus. What is truth? I mean, that's, that's what we're left with. We're left with those universities with 20,000 programs of doctoral and graduate and undergraduate. They have so much money, they can build their own class. Their endowment is worth billions. And so they can continue and they can continue. But I want to say this, that Harvard will not continue forever. I want to say this with all the respect that I have. CSU will not continue forever unless the things that are planted here are from christ and they're seeded into your soul and then they have eternal significance so when we die another believer picks up where we left off and takes it to another place as it continues to grow in the truth of the lord you see when god puts something inside you it builds hope and it builds hope for eternity so regardless of the situation that you're in Regardless of anything that you're facing, regardless of what happens, we as believers can always have hope. We are not ones that are searching for truth. We know that truth is in Christ. Jesus said, I am the way and the... You see, that's the idea behind that. So when you're just left with discovering truth, then all you have is your finances and your intellectual capability and your reasoning. I just want to remind you of something very, I want to remind you of something that statistics don't always bear true. You say, John, you can't back that up. You make that statement. You can, I, I can, because I can tell you, I can tell you, person after person who the doctor said, statistically, their blood, their blood work, they were in bad shape. The, 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 all the different tests that they were not run, they were in bad shape, and they should have died, and they didn't. Hmm? So statistics, when you get sick, you can't, I, listen, I just want to warn you. Just because the doctor says it doesn't mean he's God. And just because He says you, this is what's going to happen, He is not God. He is not the final say-so. They base it on statistics. They base it on quantitative and qualitative data. This is what your blood work happens. This is what your urine tests have. This is what this says. But I want you to know there's a God who speaks the truth and not man. And that truth is in Jesus and that hope is in Jesus and it's in no one else. It doesn't, listen, I'm telling you, yes, can they be right almost all of the time? Yes. The majority of the time, yes. But they are not the final statement at all. I remember being down at the hospital on Friday at MUSC. There was this person that was in some type of seizure activity. And so I'm in there and this person had three uh, seizures, if you will, there. I mean, where they roll over the eyes, roll back in the head, you know, stiffen up, you you know what happens. You've been there, right? And so I'm with this person. And I remember this person was in that situation and I have a witness to to what happened as I remember I, I look around and people were praying so me being a pastor I guess I better do what I better pray right that, or otherwise I'm in trouble so so I step back and I start praying And this is a true story, I have a witness to this, this person is here, this person knows I'm telling the truth, and so I'm standing over there, and that takes place, and I begin to pray, I'm I'm at the foot of this person, I'm at the foot of the person, they're in the bed, they're at MUC, and I begin to pray. And all of a sudden, I get these goosebumps come all over me. Now, you might say, well John, that's nice, maybe the hospital was cold. No, the hospital was not cold, in fact, it was so hot in there, in that room at MUC, that the person who's here today can test that that person had a, a piece of paper in their, in their hand and was, and was, was taking it and, and like a fan over the person that was in that seizure. And so I'm watching and I began to pray and goosebumps began to come all over me I don't know why I can't explain why but for some reason I haven't felt this in a long time I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit and I know some of you going Ain't no way Uh, -uh. Yes, all I can tell you is I don't know how I don't know how to explain it. I didn't have some type of Moment, you know, I'm just saying that I felt the presence of Jesus and as soon as I felt the presence of Jesus the seizure stopped God is my witness stopped all I can tell you is in that moment there was hope built in me for something there was hope built in me Dr. Jeffrey Evans, the, the pastor who who's, who's sowed his library into starting Harvard, that pastor, he had this idea of hope that he could take something and build something for the kingdom. But he knew this in Proverbs 11 verse 7. He knew that hopes placed in mortals die with them. If it is not from God, if that hope is not from God, it will only last as long as your money will last. It will only last as long as your life will last or the impact that you have on other people as they can pick it up and carry it. Otherwise, after that hope has died out, your name just goes on a plaque on a building. But I want to sow into you today, and I sense the Spirit, or I should say the Spirit wants to sow in you today, that there's a chance for hope, there's a chance for God to sow something in you that will change you. But for Christ followers, I, it's amazing, even if we die, we don't see this promise fulfilled, it will happen because God will burn the hope of the promise in someone else who will pick it up where we left off. Just ask Moses. Even though he didn't get to go into the promised land, Joshua picked up that hope and carried them in. Just when Israel was in the worst shape of its of its country, when Judah was taken into exile, ask the prophets of Jeremiah and Ezekiel all the way down to Ezra as they come back into the promised land. Ask when the prophets would declare, you will come back. There'll be 70 years, but you will come back. And then those group of believers that come back in Jerusalem, I'm telling you, when God God sows something in your spirit everything changes so I want to talk about this today what is biblical hope I'm not talking about hope well I hope to to get this or I hope to be in this relationship or I hope to have this finances I'm not talking, unless God sows that in you I want to I want to let you know something unless God sows it in you it might or might not happen but if God sows it it will be done it'll be done because you go back to Proverbs verse 11, I mean chapter 11, verse 7. Hopes placed in mortals die with them. Begin to ask God today, God, I can have hope because of Jesus in these situations. So what is hope? Or the New American Standard would say an expectation. What is that? A lot of us have a lot of expectations. What is that? I want to give you the, the definition in Hebrew of the word hope. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? This is really good. This is really good stuff. The definition of hope is the word cord. Uh, okay, you didn't hear me. Cord. C-O-R-D. Thank you, Vivian. Cord. What do I mean? What do you mean by cord? Think about what that is. it is. It, it, it means cord or the ground of hope. Uh, Think about what that means. The hope is what holds everything together. Hope is what gets us through knowing that something will change. I'm not talking about faith. I'm talking about hope. I know know this. These three remain, right? 1 Corinthians 13, 13. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You want to know why love is the greatest? Because in heaven, we won't need hope or faith. We won't need hope or faith because we're in the presence of God who is love. But see, here's the difference. Hope is the expectation. Hope is what is seated in us. Hope is what can be. Faith is the action of the hope. Y'all didn't hear me. That's really good stuff. Faith, think about Hebrews 11.1. Come on. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is the action. Hope is the idea. Come on, people. Come on. That's really good stuff. When you have faith, you act out, I don't, right? Even the demons believe in shudder. The reason why they believe in shudder, there's a difference between believing in faith is because they are not obedient to the, to the promise and the, what they saw and what they know about Jesus. See, they don't have faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because faith is an action. Hope is the idea. Hope is what it is inside of us. Hope means cord. It's the, it's the ground of hope, cord. Think about it this way. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. How about this? A cord of what? Ah, you, you got the idea of marriage. The idea of marriage in Genesis 2. And the two become one flesh. That's the idea of marriage. That's why if you don't have Jesus, roll the dice. Just roll it. I don't know, John, will it work out? I don't know, will John pray? I will pray, but I know this, that God is not obligated to bless anything where his presence is not Lord. Not obligated. He has no obligation in it. So yes, you can hope, but it might die within you. But a cord of three is not easily broken. In other words, what keeps things together is Jesus. What keeps, think about that. A cord of three is not easily broken. I mean, you can think about this, not quickly broken. In other words, Jesus is what holds everything together. He holds the relationship together. The covenant is made in his name. So when I break the covenant, if I were to break the covenant with my wife, I'm not just breaking it with my wife, I'm breaking it with Jesus. I'm accountable to Jesus. And what I'm saying is, if I'm breaking it with Jesus, I'm saying, Jesus, your power is not great enough to change me. Think about, that's what a court of three does. A court of three keeps everything together. Colossians 1, 15 through 17 says this. This is some good stuff about hope. And I hope you're learning the difference between hope and faith because we gotta battle unbelief. Satan is attacking our unbelief. And if it can get you to really not have hope in Jesus, then all else will be failed. You will never act. You will never act out your faith. If you don't have hope, if you don't have hope, we're in trouble. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Colossians 1, 15 through 17, he, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He is the cord that keeps it together. He is the glue. He is everything. He is the reason why we can have hope. So when you're in a situation when you don't know, but God is sowing into your life and saying, this is what it can be. This is the vision that I want it to be. This is what it needs to be. And I'm burning it within you. You can still press through. We can still press through regardless of what happens around us because the hope of all creation is before us. Romans puts it like this. In Romans chapter 5, 2 through 5, he puts it together like this. Through whom, meaning Jesus, we have gained access by faith into his grace, or this grace, in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope. I mean, today we are celebrating that there is a hope, regardless of where anybody is that you're ministering to in their lives. There is a hope in the name of Jesus. Jesus can pull all things together when their life is falling apart. Jesus can pull relationships together when relationships are apart. There is a hope. Don't walk out of here today, not knowing and believing that there is hope for grades, for finances, for family, for future, for health. Don't know today. Don't believe. Don't doubt today that when you walk out out of here that you cannot have hope. Don't walk out of here saying, I can't have hope when you can have it in Jesus. Verse three, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, which literally means hang in there. The Greek word hopamone, hang in there. Perseverance, character, and, character hope. and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Hope does not disappoint because the Spirit of God is within us. Hope means this. It's the joyful and confident in the New Testament. It's the joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. That's what it means in the Greek. That's the idea behind that in the New Testament. It's the joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. So the first fact 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 I want you to know is this if you have hope if we have hope and it's not from God it will die with us there is a limit there's a lifespan to it and it will die out if somebody has a vision it will die out if it's not of God it it will just die the only thing that can keep it going if money is still there then money can keep it going now listen there's some I'll just say it there are probably some churches in America that are going because of money and not because of the spirit Right, Pastor. By the way, you know you're my pastor. Did I tell you that? You're just gonna have. And I want, Can I just tell you? There's some great churches in this area, but you 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 you're one of the best. And I just want to say that. And your wife, is her last name's Capone. Think Capone. Bang, bang. Gosh, what I'm talking about dirty jurors in the house. All right, so uh, they know that's where they're from. She's from my wife's hometown. I just love them. But just a great man of God and, and what y'all do. there at the Dream Center and, and the impact you've made in all North Charleston and Hanahan And how much I love you. And I can't say that enough. And I just want to say that that's hope that has continued on because of the hope of God that planted in them, not man's hope. So that's the first fact, The hope is going to die out if it's not from God. Second fact, here it is, the reason we never lose hope is Jesus. In other words, Jesus is not limited, so neither are our hopes. If Jesus, if Jesus is not limited, my hope is, is not limited. Even though that means if I can't see what can happen, it doesn't mean that God won't make it happen. Uh, James 1 2 4 puts it like this is, This is the hope that scripture puts it like this In James 1 2 to 4 He says consider pure joy my brothers Whenever you face trials of many kinds That's the idea of hope That's the New Testament biblical idea of hope That there's still joy in my life Because there's hope in my mind Because I know that God will save the day Oh it looks bad It looks bad right now and things could be really bad, but I want you to know that there's hope in Jesus when Jesus takes control of any situation I'm a firm believer and I will die on it that when Jesus takes control of any situation he can make things right I mean you and I both know we've seen a lot of dead relationships And we've seen a lot of dead attitudes and as scriptures say we're spiritually dead and he has called dead men to life Not bad people to be good Consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. The testing of your actions. Remember, faith is the action. The idea in the New Testament is the word faithfulness. In other words, if people tell me they have faith and they don't act, they 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 are nothing but whitewashed tombs. So if our youth are over here and they're saying, man, I got faith in Jesus, but they're not, there's no action to their faith. Whitewash dead. Their faith without works is dead. James says it dead. Graveyard dead. Bus hell wide open dead. That's, that's what I'm talking about. But if somebody, if somebody is putting because of the hope of Jesus inside them and all of a sudden they're living out their faith, they begin to walk in their faith, they begin to have action, then all of a sudden things change. That's why he says there that the faith, the action develops perseverance. You keep on pressing on when there feels like there's no way. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so sometimes a delay let me put it this way. The reason why a delay is not a deny is so that we can be mature in our faith. That we'll keep working when we don't see any results. And that's the hope that's inside us. That's the hope that God's within us. In other words, I, I love these statements and I don't know who wrote them, but I love this. The fact that you can't see the way doesn't mean that God hasn't made a way. God has not brought you this far to leave you because remember he says he'll never leave us or forsake us. Remember those are the hope. Take the scriptures, put them down on the ground, stand on them and say, God, you said it, call him out. I believe he's big enough. He's been called a lot of other things. I think me calling out scripture is not going to offend him, right? There's been a lot of people blasting the name of the Lord. He's got big shoulders. He's been called out on a lot of bad things that he has not done him and called a lot of things that, is not, that are not him. The point is, we can say, God, you said it. This is the hope. Sometimes when you don't feel God beside you, that doesn't mean he's not in front of you fighting and making a way. I love what Tony Evans says. Some things are worth the wait because God is up to something great. I love that. But see, here's the problem. Here's the problem with hope. So now here's where the rub is in our lives. The reason why we, we, we begin to lose a little hope this is when we begin to lose a little hope. Here's this, Proverbs 13, verse 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. In other words, uh, one version says it like this, hope delayed makes the heart sick, or I love this version, when hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. See, I, I can relate to that. I can relate, when I, when I remember when I, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just hoping she gonna say yes, because you know, look at me, right? Don't judge and so I, I, she's going to say yes. And so, you know, when you're little, check yes, no, or maybe, and they don't check anything. Okay. Did y'all not get that? They don't check anything. Nothing. What does that tell you? I'm invisible? Like I, I just wrote you, check yes, no, or maybe. You got, I give you every out and you took door number four. I didn't even know existed. I mean, that's crush. I mean, that was crushing to me. I was crying, I acknowledge, don't even acknowledge me, I'm not even there. In other words, it did. When hope is crushed, the heart is crushed. Why? Because when hope is crushed, we will never act out on faith. But if the heart can believe just this much, if the heart can just have a little bit of hope, if you've got a little bit of hope that what God is sowing in you that will happen, then you'll begin to walk in it. And that's what God is calling us to do And what he's saying And the reason why And, and listen, when you're saying But John, I, I, I'm just kind of tapped out on this I'm just really kind of tapped out on this whole hope language It sounds like just positive, ooey-gooey, Christianity 101 Well, let me put it this way The reason why I can be hopeful in any situation That God can show up and will do something The reason why I hang all that I have My whole life, my whole finances Everything, my whole every, my career Everything is on Jesus I hang it all on him So if he goes down, the ship goes down. The reason why I can have hope is because of this I know, God is merciful. That's what I want to sow in you today. Or The Spirit is telling me to sow, God is merciful. And remember, mercy doesn't play favorites. Mercy doesn't look around and say, Oh, you've had such a bad life. I'm going to be more merciful to you. And well, you over here, you really didn't suffer as much. So I'll give you a little bit of mercy. No, the Bible says that at the foot of the cross, we are all level. There is none righteous. No, not one. Every one of us needs God's mercy. And that just doesn't stop at salvation, by the way. And where most people, some people think that's where it ends. It doesn't end at salvation. We need his mercy. In fact, I love the scripture in this. It just like it burned in me as I was thinking about it. In other words, uh, Lamentations 3, through 26. I love Jeremiah because Jeremiah, you know, uh, the more he preached, the worse things got. Right? Can you imagine? I'm, I'm preaching and nobody comes. I'm preaching and nobody cares. And so why would I keep preaching? Think about it. They, they put him in a cistern, a, a well that was kind of dried up. They put him in there and basically he's going to be left to die. And this godly unit comes along and gets him out because he's kind of telling, telling the king about him, like, we got to get him out or he's going to die. I mean, the more he spoke, the more people hated him. So why did Jeremiah keep speaking? Where was the hope within him? And the hope came in the mercy of God that God kept showing himself to, mer- to, to Jeremiah. Here's what I'm trying to say. If I was preaching and nobody ever showed up, but Jesus showed up, that's enough for me. Uh, uh, you, you might not understand that. You walk with the Lord and you're serving and you're loving people and your boss thinks you're a jerk and your coach thinks you're an idiot. Or your, your friends and family think you're way out there. Listen, if God is showing up in your life on a daily basis, if he shows up, then he is saying, well done. You don't need a boss or spouse to say well done when Jesus shows up because when Jesus shows up, it doesn't really matter who else is there. Because remember the greatest place, and thank you, Jeremy Pollitt, for reminding me about this day. Remember the greatest place at the tabernacle was to not sit out front and sit there at the at the bronze altar, you know, where they, where they were burning, or the washing basin, which is symbolism of the covering of the washing of uh, Jesus' blood that washes our sins. It wasn't even in the holy place where the, Jesus became the light of the Word, right? The light, the menorah would light as that God was their light by day and fire by night. And, and then all of a sudden over here, the bread of presence, that wasn't even the greatest place in the little uh, altar of incense where they would pray, altar of prayers where they would pray, but it was that one time a year getting into the presence of God. That was special. See, everything hinged in Israel life on that high priest getting into the presence of God that one time a year. So if really intimacy with God is all that matters, then what does it matter if anybody else shows up in your life but Jesus? What does it matter? Jeremiah knew it. He struggled with it. I love the way the Bible fleshes out. I'm quitting, God. This is John's version. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. And every time I want to quit, there's. Okay, I'm stepping back. I'm done with these people. Crazies. All you got is a bunch of crazy people, Lord. You call them your people, I call them crazies. Like, I'm done with them. Every time I try and tell them what you're saying, they get mad at me. Well, I mean, why are they taking it out on me? I'm just doing what you asked me to do, Lord. Why are you put me in this situation? I'm done. Look, every time I do what you do, life gets worse. I talk to them. They're whacked anyway. I'm done with this. And all of a sudden, he would not try not to say anything, and it was like fire in his bones. And it would burn within him. He had to keep on speaking the words of God because they're hope eternal. And then he writes Lamentations. He's lamenting. This just awful. Oh, this is terrible. Life is awful. The weeping prophet. And in the, middle of this, in the middle of this downward spiral of Judah getting ready to be done and the Syrians taking him out. And it's just awful and it's despicable. And he's like, God, this is terrible. The country is no more. The temp- temple is gone. This is terrible. All of a sudden, God begins to write hope into his heart. Look at chapter 3, verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies, look at this, that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Verse 23, they are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. In other words, it's God's mercy that got us up today. It's God's mercy that gave us something. It's His faithfulness. It's His action of the Holy Spirit within us that sees us through the day. The faithfulness of God. The action of God. Remember, faith is an action. Faith is not a belief. It is an action. Faithfulness. And so God moves, but it's His mercy that allows us this new day. This new opportunity to experience Him and to bring glory to Him. I love this passage. Great is thy faithfulness. Verse 24, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I hope in him. In other words, let me put it in John's version all that matters is Jesus. If God is my portion and I don't get anything else in this world, then guess what? I am hope. I am walking in hope. You want to know why you keep smiling on a Christian when other things go bad around you? You want to know why? Because of the hope of Jesus. Because you know this is not the end all be all. That these circumstances don't define you. There's only one that can define you and his name is Jesus. And he's already said well done because he put his life into your life. Or better yet, your life became consumed in his. Verse 25, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man, don't miss that, that it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the Lord. That he should hope and quietly wait for the Lord. And today we have time, an opportunity to spend time with the Lord, that we can say, God, when all else fails, my hope is still in you. I want to challenge you today. Would you be willing? Would you be willing to say God my hope is in you I want to renew my hope in you I want my hope to be in you that regardless of whatever happens whatever this new academic year brings wherever anything goes my hope is in the name of Jesus I want you to look at a video of I really dig Judah Smith I want you to look at this video if you don't mind Brandy showing this maybe this explains it a little bit And a little bit. I'm okay, Brandy. What'd you say? We got any sound? That is why you can have hope. Regardless of where you are, Jesus has turned to you. So I want to challenge you at this moment where do you need God to step in? Don't fear His presence in the sense that you would turn away. Fear of his presence suggests that he is holy. But through Jesus, there's been an open door, Hebrews says, in chapter 4. That we can boldly approach the throne of grace. To receive grace and mercy. Grace and help in our time of need. And so my prayer is today that some of us would just come before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to renew my hope in you. That whatever happens, I know you're there. And I know the hope that you put in me is eternal. I might only carry it this far, but somebody else will pick it up. But eventually it will come to fruition. And so if you have hope that God has placed within you and it hasn't come about, I want to give you some good news. It will come about. It doesn't matter if you're the last one standing. Jesus will still win the day. Who in here just needs a little hope? Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to worship. you is not only a God of creation but a God of presence and Lord I don't know who in here needs some hope today I don't know if it's in a relationship and a career decision or an academic situation or a financial situation for a grandchild or for, for for what you've asked them to do Lord and when sometimes we just feel like we're hanging on barely but God I know this that you've renewed my hope that hope deferred I mean, it does make the heart sick. But what's great, Lord, is the hope that you give us, it might be delayed, but it's never denied. It's not a deferral to a denial, Lord. It is a time that we experience your presence. So God, grant us new hope in you, new strength. We're not alone. And we can have hope because we have the God of hope. We have the Prince of hope. We have a spirit who gives hope. So Lord, my prayer today is if there's anyone in this room, first and foremost, as a believer that just needs to experience some hope, would you infuse them with that in a powerful way as they experience your spirit, as as they sing over us and play over us and as we're entering into that holy of holies, that intimate time where it's just us in your presence and getting as close as we can. Lord, I just want to pray today that hope will be built and spread in our life and that will drive us to act out in faith because you do love us and you do care for us and we're not people without hope we mourn but not without hope we cry but not without hope because there's a new day coming a day when everything will be put back to right And then, Lord, I want to pray for For maybe some others in this room who I dearly love that have never experienced the eternal hope of Jesus. Oh, Lord, they've seen from afar, they've looked from afar, but they've never surrendered their life. The most difficult thing the enemy tries to paint, but yet, God, you made it the most simplistic they would just give their life to jesus surrender it and i know lord that it seems scary and that it seems weird because our flesh screams against what the spirit is saying in our hearts right now but that's because you're resurrecting us and bringing us back to life and death wants to remain dead but life is greater than death So Lord, my prayer is if there's someone here that wants that, they'll come and let us know and they can just tell us what the Spirit is doing because there's no way to make it right with you except in Jesus. So Lord, we worship you today, the God of hope. May your hope be so strong within us, Lord, that we never back away from what you've called us to do. Thank you that Jesus turned around.